Let's open by turning to Second Peter chapter 1 and be there very briefly, seeking only to find a scriptural defense of sermons that are reminders. Though some of you, or all of you, are going to hear some things come out of my mouth that you may not have heard before. This series of messages, I intend to preach only one sermon on each subject, and that is all I will do. And we will move on. They are just reminders, and they they give you an opportunity to go and consider and examine your life and your family's life in light of some of these things. Let's justify reminding one another and ministers reminding one another from Second Peter chapter 1. In verse 12, after having given the eight things that if you do in your life, you can make your calling and election sure, Peter wrote this in verse 12, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. There's Peter, an inspired apostle, writing to some that knew the truth that he had just presented in this first chapter and said they were established in it, but that he was committed to continuing to remind them. I have reminded you about speech. I have reminded you about five inputs. I have reminded you about thankfulness. I remind you today about witchcraft, considered broadly as sorcery, as any dealings in fortune-telling, as any dealings in omens, as any dealings in curses, as any dealings with spirit power, outside that of God, Jehovah Himself, authorized by the Bible. We are considering witchcraft in its broadest sense of any use of power or any pretended power of magic or any other power to influence souls or to do things paranormal or supernatural without the power of God. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says, Neither give place to the devil. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, It says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Always wanting to be an honest pastor with you, those two passages do not deal with witchcraft. Those two passages deal with relational problems. Not being ignorant of Satan's devices was a reminder to the church at Corinth to forgive the incestuous fornicator that had been excluded, and to receive him back into the church, lest Satan get an advantage of them by holding on to bitterness and punishment too long. Neither give place to the devil is in a context of 
Be ye angry and sin not, and let not the sun go down upon your wrath. So they don't directly apply, but the principle applies in this way, that the devil is very active in anything of witchcraft, in anything of idolatry, in anything of powers or evil outside the Lord God himself and what the Bible describes. And we want to see that, that his devices include getting us caught up in pagan religion, getting us caught up in sorcery or aspects of it, dealing with any power outside the power of God or natural power that God has given to men. If if there is a power beyond that, then it is a spirit power of the devil himself and no other. It's not man working it up. It's a devilish power. And we want to oppose that with the word of God. The topic was provoked by the growing fad and trend of teen vampires. And by the sick movie, Breaking Dawn, that is now busting records at theaters. If you wanted to go home and just type in your Google search box, Breaking Dawn, and read the first paragraph of the plot of this sick movie, you would understand why I got a little provoked. And then once you start studying the subject of powers and spirit things and paranormal things and supernatural things outside the Bible, you run smack dab into witchcraft, sorcery, and magic. No matter what you think of those words, they're broader than you're probably limiting them to in your mind. And here we are today. It's sick. And it's very popular. That your young people, especially your teenagers, think of vampires as a wonderful thing. And a a fantasy has got to be of the average foolish worldly teenager that if they could just meet another female vampire and the two of them could suck each other's blood. You know, it would be such a wonderful life. It's different. But that's not, I'm not preaching about vampires. I'm not going to mention them again until I give you a long list of things that I want us to be vigilant about, and it will come in the V's at the end of about 150 items. 50 or so I will give to you. It's exhausted me trying to research this and create a list and table of things that involve witchcraft to varying degrees. But let's witchcraft is the practices of a witch or witches. It's the exercise of supernatural power supposed to be possessed by persons in league with the devil or evil spirits. That's what witchcraft means. Sorcery is the use of magic or enchantment. The practice of magic arts, it's witchcraft. They're synonyms. Magic, the art of influencing the course of events and of producing marvelous physical phenomena by processes supposed to owe their efficacy to their power of compelling the intervention of spiritual beings or of bringing into operation some occult controlling principle of nature. It is sorcery. It is witchcraft. We are not talking about sleight of hand or legger domain. That's excluded here. We're not talking about someone putting a coin under three cups and seeing if you can guess which cup it's under. We are dealing with the magic in any sense of its broad use of bringing to bear spiritual forces or spirits themselves to accomplish things of a paranormal, outside normal events, 
or supernatural, obtaining above natural power in doing things. Wizard is a man who is skilled in occult arts. A man who practices witchcraft. The Bible uses this word. Our definition for witchcraft for this study is any activity related to the paranormal or supernatural, but not the power of God approved in the Bible. Any supernatural energy or thought involving astrology, sorcery, fortune-telling, witchcraft, religion, etc. That's what I mean by witchcraft. Let me say it again. Any activity that is related to the paranormal or supernatural, things that don't ordinarily occur, but it's not God's power as approved by the Bible. It's any supernatural energy or thought involving astrology, sorcery, fortune-telling, witchcraft, religion, or anything else in a list of similar terms. The warning. Now what does the Bible have to say? Let's go back to Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus chapter 19. We just sang a song selected by our song leader about putting on our Christian armor because our captain has called us out. That means he's called us out of the general population to be in the military of the cross, to be in the kingdom of God, and to fight a warfare against his enemy. The God of heaven and his son Jesus Christ have an arch enemy that is in the earth, and it's Satan. And Satan's more direct and overt followers practice witchcraft. But in our society, witchcraft has crept into so many things I want to put all the fathers and all the mothers and the pastor of this church on notice to be more vigilant about some of these things that I will list. I won't read the whole list to you because it would just confuse your minds. I'll read the ones that you may know about instead of some of the ones that you may not know about. But let's let's get what the Bible says. What does our captain say about having anything to do with the paranormal? or anything to do with the supernatural that's not God working in ways that the Bible approves. Are you with me on that? Okay, what does the Bible say? Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 26. Ye shall not eat anything with the blood. I said I wasn't going to mention vampires again. Ye shall not eat anything with the blood, neither shall ye use enchantment. That's the first word I want. Nor observe times. Ye shall not use enchantment. Enchantment is the employing of magic or sorcery, possibly by watching snakes to foretell the future or bring back or bring luck to an endeavor. I'm going to be showing you some things and telling you some things that are startling in the ignorance of natural man as he sets himself against the God of heaven. He doesn't want to submit himself to a creator that can say, Let there be light. And there is light, brethren. There is sun, moon, and stars. Let there be light. Let there be a firmament in the midst of the heavens. Let there be, let dry land appear. They don't want a creator. They want to make up this apparent and sometimes devilish power that works sometimes and doesn't work at other times. They don't want the power of the living God. And so here we go. Neither shall ye use enchantment. Enchantment is using magic or sorcery 
to foretell the future or to bring luck to some endeavor. It mentions observing times. You can see it here, but let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 18 so you can see that it's used again. Observing times. Deuteronomy 18.10. Let's get verse 9 so we get the full context. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. What were their abominations? Blessed God our Father, there shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. That's offering child sacrifice to their idols. That sounds like an abomination. Or that useth divination. Any way of pretending to foretell the future, whether it's looking into a crystal ball, dropping pebbles in a pool, or looking at the lines on the palm of your hand. Or an observer of times. There it is again from Leviticus 19.26. Or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations which thou shalt possess hearkened unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee so to do. Now you might agree with me that child sacrifice is an abominable thing, but do you agree that a horoscope is just as bad? That's an observer of times. It doesn't matter what month you were born in. It doesn't matter what so-called planetary alignment there was when you were born. It doesn't give you any special privileges or power in life. That's the imagination of wicked men. And God calls it an abomination, and He threw them out of the land of Canaan for reading the horoscope. That's an observer of times. An enchantment and a charmer. That's using magic. That's using sorcery. And we're going to go through these words. Divination is the pretended or spirit ability to foretell the future. Pretending that you're God. Divine. Divination. You're like God. You can foretell the future. But did I spend some time with you a number of months ago on ten chapters of Isaiah where God wants to point out that He alone knows the future and He loves to declare it because it separates Him from all other gods? And He says, if you want to go to the dead to find out about the future, then you go listen to their peeping. But if you want the real truth about the future, come to the living God. Is that in the Bible? It's Isaiah 44, verse 25. If God will be merciful and slow that clock down, we'll get to it. But look at these terms. They all have to do with this broad concept of what, this broad word that I'm giving you of witchcraft. It's paranormal or supernatural power to foretell the future, bless an event, communicate with the dead for wisdom. Necromancy. That's what necromancy is. The word mancy is a suffix meaning divination. So there's necromancy, which is consulting with the dead for foretelling the future or divining. And there's all kinds of other mancy that we're going to get into, the Lord willing. But we, we we must be brief. That's observing times, which is considering some days more lucky than others through watching the clouds or other natural phenomena or astrological timing. 
When we use the word astrology, we are talking about looking at the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, and watching their alignments and thinking that they give special privilege or power or blessing on men. It is not the science of astronomy. Astronomy is the study of things like the mass of the sun, the distance of the sun from the earth, the heat of the sun, and the objects in our solar system and how they revolve and rotate and move around our sun and so forth. That's astronomy. The study of constellations, where they are in the universe, the names of stars, the size of stars, the distance of stars, if they can tell. Astrology is not a science. Astrology is a pseudoscience that refers to the stars and the sun and the moon and the planets in order to provide you leverage in life and bring to bear power that is out there to make you better and to help you in your life. And that is an abomination to God. That is an observer of times. That is an observer of the heavenly bodies. The Bible says, learn not the way of the heathen, for the heathen are dismayed at the signs of heaven. We're not. They're all doing his bidding. He calleth the stars by name and not the one you gave it. They're the names he gave it. He gave them, many of them. Observing times, divination, I've mentioned that. Foretelling future events or by discovering what is hidden or obscure by supernatural or magical means. It's soothsaying. If you're a soothsayer, then you foretell the future, whether it's looking into a crystal ball or reading tea leaves. But God hates it all. You know, I can remember about the time when I was, say, 12 years of age, that to get a crystal ball for a birthday present or a Christmas present was such a a neat gift. A crystal ball. Well, it's just a toy. Well, it's a toy of a witch. And God wants us to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. That is what 2 Corinthians 7.1 was all about. When it said, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Touch not the unclean thing. Come out and be ye separate, saith the Lord. We want to be vigilant and hate all that stuff. I come from a family where my father was saved, and I was saved because my father was saved, and my grandfather was saved because they were spiritists. They formally worshipped the devil. Spiritism. For those who don't know how to define their terms, you can look it up in Wikipedia under spiritualism. Under both it will tell you. It's the consulting with familiar spirits, which we're going to find condemned here. It's consulting with dark spirits in dark rooms and having seances and asking the devil to give you advice on dilemmas of life, whether personal, domestic, or business, financial. My grandfather did that. But praise God, the Lord Jesus Christ saved him out of all that and saved my father out of all that and thus saved me out of all that. I could be performing some satanic ritual right now by cutting your liver out and looking at it. If it weren't for the grace of God. Thank you, Lord. I just want you men and you women, you fathers and mothers to be vigilant. 
He condemns charmers. What's a charmer? Someone who uses spells and enchantments or who has magical powers and enchanter. Many of these are synonyms for each other, and the Lord's just listing them all in case you might get confused that yours made the cut. None of them make the cut. They're an abomination to God, and He drove out those nations that practiced them before His people Israel. Necromancy is communication with the dead. Who did that just before they died? King Saul. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 8. Isaiah chapter 8. I am shortcutting this in certain ways. Did, do you know that it says, now you know why God killed Saul, don't you? It's because of 1 Samuel 15, where he was told to kill all the Amalekites. That was one cause. But there's another cause listed in the Bible. And that cause is he went to that witch of Endor. And it's listed as one of the reasons he died. Do you remember when he went to the witch of Endor? She said, are you come here to get me in trouble of a capital offense? Why was it a capital offense? King Saul had passed a law that all witches were to be put to death. And there he is, a witch. It's his last night on earth. Isaiah chapter 8. And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep and that mutter. That's a male witch. Should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? Why would a living person go to the dead for advice and help? Why would they go to a wizard to call up the dead? I just wanted to throw that out about necromancy. When you find necromancers in the Bible, it's talking about those that communicate with the dead. You know, you go into a gypsy's tent, you sit down there, she looks deep into her crystal ball, and she conjures up, supposedly, your husband. And he wants you to go buy a Ford instead of a Chevy. You know, people do that, and they pay this witch money. If this were a godly nation, and the nation practiced the laws of the Bible, all such people would be put to death. This is not funny. It's not games. Because God is jealous. There is only one being that knows the future. There is only one being with whom all wisdom resides. And it's God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And He is jealous with a rage. When you go pretend that these little gypsy types and others have power. The only power that they may have, much of it is pretended, the only power that they may have is only temporary. It comes and it goes, and it's very limited, and it's only allowed by the power of God. The magicians in Pharaoh's court could duplicate the first several plagues. But they came to the fourth plague, and those magicians went and said to Pharaoh, We cannot do that one. That is the finger of God. And that is why a tornado on the scale of six, which has winds in excess of 260 miles per hour, is called the finger of God. And, And you know, the weather channel gets excited when there's 70 mile per hour winds. 260 plus is the finger of God. That's the name of the strongest tornado the United States usually sees one a year. That that was free. Deuteronomy chapter 18, 11 mentioned familiar spirits. Familiar spirits are devils 
that have come into a league with a person where that person can call up that devil by name. You know, there are certain witches and wizards and sorcerers that in and soothsayers that have a spirit that's been dedicated to them. And they know it by name and they can call it up by name. It's a familiar spirit in that they are familiar with that spirit. He condemned astrology. Isaiah chapter 47. He didn't condemn astronomy. He condemned astrology. Astronomy is the science of the heavenly bodies. Astrology is the pseudoscience of the heavenly bodies. The pretended source of energy and power used by sorceresses, witches, and horoscopes. And the farmer's almanac. Oh, I'm sorry if I hurt someone's feelings. Just go home and research anything I say. I love to live in the age of the internet. If you don't like what I say, then just go home and punch it into a Google search box and see what you can learn about the farmer's almanac that thinks that it can forecast the weather by about 10 different sections of the United States out for two years. See if you can find out the methodology they use and see if you can find out the person that uses the methodology that they use. I'm sorry for picking on the farmer's almanac. And you thought that it was going to snow in July on your birthday two years from now because of reading it. Isaiah 47 and verse 13. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. This is God judging His people and condemning going to other sources of wisdom in the the future rather than Him. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. When God purposes to do something or God declares He's going to do something, it will happen. Astrology, the movements of the heavenly bodies to foretell the future or to call forth the action of men. Condemned by the Bible. Stargazers, a branch of astrology for foretelling the future by looking at the stars. Monthly prognosticators, which is to know or tell of an event beforehand. That's prognostication. It's foretelling the future. To have previous knowledge of, to predict, to foretell. An astrological or astrometeorological forecast for the year published as in an almanac. That's the Oxford English Dictionary of this term right here. Monthly prognosticators. that can tell you what's going to happen in a given month. That this month is better for that, and that month's worse for that. As if they know. God hates all those things. If we turn to Exodus chapter 22. Exodus chapter 22. And verse 18, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Witches should not live. Leviticus 19 and verse 31. Leviticus 19 and verse 31. I am ambassador of God Jehovah, the Lord of heaven and earth. He hates the devil. He hates those that follow him. He hates those that think they have power or can tell the future. Or can it, or can discover the hidden outside of him. He is jealous for his unique and only ability to know the future because he has already purposed it. He has declared it and it will come to pass. 
Leviticus 19.31, Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. You have no other one to go to except me. This is what the Bible says. Look at Isaiah 44. Isaiah 44. God only knows the future, and He jealously resents any effort to discover or declare it apart from His reservation. I mean, His revelation. His revelation. Remember, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. They don't belong to witches. They don't belong to wizards or to sorcerers. They don't belong to the horoscope. They don't belong to stargazers or monthly prognosticators. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, and the revealed things belong unto us and to our children, that we may do all the things of this law. Isn't that wonderful? Everything that you don't know about the future, God does know, and He says, leave it with me. Everything about the future that He wants you to know, He's already told you. And it's for you and your children to obey Him. My whole purpose is just to remind you to be vigilant and to be on the lookout and to hate anything smacking of witchcraft, sorcery or magic, astrology, future-telling, soothsaying, paranormal power, supernatural power, to avoid it so that you can be faithful to the Lord your God. Christ doesn't have anything to do with Belial. Light doesn't have anything to do with darkness. Righteousness doesn't have anything to do with unrighteousness. They are antithetical to each other, and we are to come out from among them and be ye separate. And the Lord will receive us and bless us if we will not touch the unclean thing. Isaiah 44 and verse 25, this is in the midst of those eight chapters that describe God's ability to foretell the future regardless of what anyone else says. Verse 25, that frustrateth the tokens of the liars. That's what God considers all the little gimmicks and like crystal balls and pebble dropping and stick falling and witching sticks and dousing sticks that men have. That frustrateth the tokens of the liars and maketh diviners mad that turneth wise men backward and maketh their knowledge foolish. That confirmeth the word of his servant. Isaiah and the other prophets, and performeth the counsel of his messengers, his preachers, that saith to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be inhabited. And to the cities of Judah, ye shall be built, and I will raise up the decayed places thereof. And he goes on to forecast the very name of the Persian king that would do so. Cyrus, by name, 150 years before he was born. That's power to foretell the future. And he likes to make diviners mad. (laughs) And their little tokens. Oh, they can deal a deck of tarot cards and they can tell you what's in the cards for you. But I rather what's in God's secret will for me and what's in God's revealed will for me. It was pagan governments like Egypt and Babylon that thought they could foretell the future or call on spirit powers to perform paranormal or supernatural things. Joseph and Daniel proved repeatedly that they had much greater knowledge of the present and future. And we want to be like that. We've got the wisdom of God right here in a book written to us. The New Testament doesn't think any different than this. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 20 says that witchcraft is a work of the flesh that shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5.20 John tells us that in the lake of fire, John 20, Revelation 21.8, 20, 
And John tells us that outside the city of Jerusalem, above heaven itself, are sorcerers. 21.8 and 22.15. Simon the sorcerer, in Acts chapter 8, when Peter met him, he was told he was in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity, and he better repent of his sins. Bar-Jesus, otherwise known as Elamas, a false prophet, a Jew, a sorcerer, was blinded by the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 13. Paul cast a devil out of a soothsaying girl in Philippi that was a diviner or soothsayer in Acts 16. That's why he was thrown in prison, because he threw the spirit out of a soothsayer, a girl, a gypsy girl, a maid, that foretold the future and brought her masters much gain. And they got upset at Paul because he took away their much gain by casting an evil spirit out of a young girl. That evil spirit gave her from time to time a little insight into the future. But remember, if you're wrong once, you're not of God. That's horrible. That's a horrible standard for those poor people. They can never measure up to that standard. You can never be wrong. The converts at Ephesus burned their books about magic and the arts, and the value was 50,000 pieces of silver. This is what happens when Christians, or when Christianity comes to town, Christians burn their books, devils were cast out by the apostles, and people gave up all that astrology, magic, sorcery, soothsaying, fortune-telling, crystal ball-gazing stuff. They didn't wander out in their yards and ask the devil to help them find an underground water line. That's what you're doing when you take witching sticks out there. If you think sticks pulled off of some shrub held in your hand are going to point out underground water lines, you're, you are seriously deluded by the devil. You've never heard of that, huh? Well, it's a Google search box. Witching sticks, dousing rods, The New Testament calls for us to be separate and to come out from among them in that verse that I've mentioned a couple of times. What's the measure? What should we do about these things? Rather than see how close we can get to witchcraft, let's see how far away we can get. Let's get as far away from the devil as we possibly can. And his devils. And the use of temporary power that the Lord may grant some witches to have from time to time. Witchcraft, even in small doses, is stronger than you and a sure way to ruin your life. Since God wants you to come out from among them and not touch the unclean thing, let's do it. Since the promises of God to His beloved require repentance of all and perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord, then let's do it in this matter. Let's avoid all appearance of evil. As 1 Thessalonians 5.22 tells us, real Christians burn their expensive books that have anything to do with the occult. That is paranormal or supernatural power. Children must be trained to hate all these things as deadly poison from hell. And it's the father's responsibility. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Worldly popularity shouldn't mean a single thing to us. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 23 and verse 2, do not follow a multitude to do evil. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter how popular it is. It's what does God say? And God alone knows the future. And God alone is the spirit of power. And all power rests with Him. And we do not give credence to anything else. 
except as God might allow for the judgment of men. This is a reminding sermon, so there isn't time to define everything I'm about to read to you. By using the internet, you can yourself, with a strong biblical viewpoint, research any of these. This list may not be exhaustive, and it probably isn't, but it's close enough to give you some food for thought. My purpose is not to make Jonathan Crosby's list. My purpose is to make you vigilant. Vigilant means both eyes opened and observing what's going on around you so the witchcraft doesn't creep into your house by any means. You can, these are things that you ought to carefully examine and or avoid. Amulets. Let's start with A's. I've got 150. I don't even have them numbered all the way up. Maybe 200. Amulets. These are little relics or good luck charms of any kind worn on your person or kept in a vehicle or a home. There is no such thing as a good luck charm. That is your attempt to contact spirit power for something paranormal or supernatural to bless you. There's only one source of blessing. It's God. You don't need to have a horseshoe in your car. You don't need to have a four-leaf clover on your key ring. Well, it's just a four-leaf clover. Uh Uh-huh. And where did that come from? And why are you wearing a stupid weed on your key ring? You say, I've got eagle claws. I've got a shark's tooth. I've got a shark's tooth in my back left pocket. And I always wear it under a full moon. And it's just a toy, right? Amulets. Anything like that. Good luck charms. Just think about how some of these creep into our lives. There's no power in it. There's no blessing in it. It's going to take you down. Because if God sees you putting even 1% confidence into a four-leaf clover in your wallet, He knows you're denying Him, and He will blow against you. Let's show Him that we trust all to Him, and there is no such thing as a good luck charm. The best good luck charm that I know of is a box of Lucky Charms, and you can eat them all. An ankh, a cross with a ring on the top, is used in satanic rituals. Astrology, I've already mentioned it. Bellomancy. You say, what in the world is Bellomancy? Okay, Ezekiel 21.21. If you go to your Google search box, Bellomancy is finding out the paranormal or supernatural answer to your question, which way should I go and what should I do? And it is by sticking arrows upright and seeing how they fall. And when the arrow falls, then you follow it. That's bellomancy. It's divination by the use of arrows. Is it in the Bible? It's in the Bible, but it's not used by Christians. Ezekiel 21.21 For the king of Babylon stood at the parting of the way. He came to a crossroads and he didn't know what to do. At the head of the two ways to use divination. He made his arrows bright. He consulted with images. He looked in the liver. That's another mancy we're going to get to. Kill something, pull out its liver, and examine the liver. Do you people love this? Those of you Christians that love the God of the Bible, do you realize what the world stoops to for wisdom? Where was the greatest collection of wisdom on earth at this time? In the city of Babylon. All of the astrologers, magicians, 
They're all there to help the king know which way he should go. They can't even figure out left or right. So they do their arrows, bellomancy. So they do their liver inspection. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I love the Bible. I love the Bible. I love the God of the Bible. I love the Bible that He's given us. Mocking these people. But this is serious to them. So we should be kind. Birth signs. I wish I didn't even know what my birth sign was. What sign of the zodiac I was born under. I wish I didn't even know. You should forget it. It is devilish. It is connected to sorcery. It is astrology condemned by the Bible. There is no advantage, wisdom, knowledge, direction, favor at all from that for your life. Favor and blessing for your life is from God and obedience to Him. He doesn't care when you were born. Bless you. For sneezing? That was because of spirits in a person. When you sneeze, you're vulnerable to spirits entering you, some thought. When you sneeze, you're exhaling spirits, some thought. When you sneeze, you got spirits, some thought. And that's where it came from. Just remember that when you swear and you curse in the name of the Lord and say, God bless you, or you say, bless you, to someone that sneezes. Do you follow them to the bathroom? Why would you ever say such a thing? These little habits that creep into our lives. Where did it come from? What is it for? Why are we calling God's blessing down on a person that sneezed? Blood packs. You know, we're going to be eternal friends. You cut your hand and I'll cut mine. And our blood will mingle down to our elbows. And we'll be eternal friends. Blood packs. I did it with Carl Swarthout when I was about 10 years old. Forgive me, father and brother. Only you know who he is. Blood packs. There's one blood pack that's been made. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ took right. His blood into the presence of Almighty God and it was accepted that I would be the eternally with the Lord because of that. Cardamancy. Divination or fortune telling using a deck of playing cards or tarot cards. You know what's in the cards. Right. Cartoons. Why are you going to watch cartoons that have magic power, spirit, forces, energy, fairies, wizards, witches, fairy godmothers, anything like that? Why would you ever show that to your children? Why would you ever let them watch something so devilish? There is no power but of God. There is no Shazam, and you've got extra power. There is no underdog getting extra power. There is no kryptonite with extra power. There is no field force of extra power. There's only God and His power. Why would you play with any of that? You say it's just because you don't believe in fun. There's a whole lot of different ways to have fun. And if you're still at a Shazam level, 10 years, come and see me. 
If you're still worrying about fairy godmothers helping you along with their magic wand, see, I love to collect knight stuff. I love to collect medieval swords, medieval shields, suits of armor. I love that stuff. But I have to be so careful because I won't touch anything that has anything to do with an idiot named Merlin the Magician. Merlin the Maggot. He ruins everything about chivalry. There was no sword in a stone, and only Arthur could pull it out. Just think about cartoons. There is no magic power. You want your children growing up believing that there's only one power, and the power is God's power. Chain letters. I'm not talking about the get-rich-quick pyramid-type chain letter. I'm talking about the chain letter that sends you some picture of a Mary bleeding over, you know, bleeding blood tears over Jesus lying in her lap, and that if you'll send it on to ten other people, you'll receive an indulgence or a blessing. And if you don't send it, there's going to be a curse of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. I get them once a week. Haven't you ever seen them? Ever? Your filters are too good. Oh yes, and some of them get close to the truth. They'll show a picture... They'll, you know, it's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is wrong right there. But they'll show a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and with some verse of the Bible and saying, if you don't send it on to others, then you're denying Christ before men and He'll deny you before His Father, which is in heaven. And that's pretty, you know, I read that verse and I shake a little bit. And then I click delete. Chain letters. What do they mean a blessing? There's no blessing from being stupid and forwarding it to ten other people and contributing to the spam problem in our country? Color therapy. Using the energy of color to heal. You know, if you paint your room a certain color, it could heal you because there's energy in this color spectrum. Crystal ball gazing. Whole, it's a whole field of science. It's a whole field of pseudoscience. It's a whole field of hallucinating idiocy. Right. But... There shouldn't be a crystal ball anywhere. Remember the old toy crystal balls? Any of you as old as I am? The old crystal balls that had about maybe 20, 40 little sayings in there and you'd take it and you'd shake it all up and you'd sit it there and you'd stare deep inside it and one of those little babies would float up in front of you. Today you die. You know, or whatever. But there you are playing, you're playing with the devil's is anybody as old? I'm telling you. They're bearing past all around. Crystal ball gazing. Divining rod. Yep. You're, you lost something and you're going to find it. You sure are. You're going to go out and tear a stick off a tree and walk in your house and hold it loosely in your hand and it's going to point to it. Wow. Why don't you just drop down to your knees and start praying, Oh, Lucifer. Where do you think? There, there's no power there. You're playing with spirit power, paranormal, supernatural power that is outside the power of God. That's called dousing. That's called a divining rod. It's called a dousing rod. It's called a witching rod, a pendulum or a twig. Divining, dousing, or witching. Dungeons and dragons as a game. Eastern meditation. That is not meditation the Bible describes, contemplating and considering the things of God. That is opening your mind up for 
it to become one with the universe and for you to gain in self-consciousness until you become one with the divine. Eastern type of meditation, like yoga. ESP, extrasensory perception. I'm not talking about a gut instinct or a hunch of what another person might have done. I'm talking about you thinking of telepathy and being able to interpret another person's thoughts. I've mentioned the Farmer's Almanac. What about fairies, mystical spiritual beings in folklore, fairy godmothers? There is no such thing. That's a lie. There's only one power. You say, well, if I limited myself to the power of God, there's no cartoons I could justify. You're growing up. Games, occult-type games with spirit power, or paranormal activity, or vampires in the games. Friday the 13th. Don't you ever talk about Friday the 13th being unlucky. Don't you ever let something happen to you, and then you say to another person, well, it's Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th is good as Wednesday the 12th. Doesn't make a bit of difference. Have some power. The power of the Lord Jesus Christ has defeated all of this ridiculous stuff. Fortune cookies. If you want to take a fortune cookie and smash it, if you want to take a fortune cookie and mock its little saying inside, that's one thing. But don't let there be 1% interest of opening that stupid little poor tasting thing up and think that it's going to tell you about your future. They came from the Japanese, they're eaten by the Americans, and there's not a single one in China. Not one. But they're trying to foretell your future. For those of you that have eaten with me at a Chinese restaurant, you know I usually say it's amazing. And You know, there are Chinese restaurants in America, but there isn't one in China. It's a, very, it's a matter of principle with them not to have them because they know who made them. I say, let's get the Ouija board in a bag. Here it comes. Ouija in a bag. Do you know what a Ouija board is? 26 letters of the alphabet and a little heart-shaped piece of wood that floats around on the top of it. And you turn the lights off and you sit there in the dark with your fingers lightly on the edge of that thing. And yes, it is sold at Toys R Us, but it's not a toy. It's for seances and communicating with the devil. Fortune telling of any kind, anywhere. Handwriting analysis. And I'm not talking about CSI. I'm talking about handwriting analysis where they look at something you've written and tell you what's going to happen to you ten years from now. Hard rock music like The Doors. Pass on through to the other side. Jim Morrison was such a drug-infected and devil-possessed man. He describes it. He knows it before he drowned in his own vomit in Paris. Harry Potter. Franchise worth $15 billion today. It's all about a wizard going to witch's school. Heposcopy. Examination of the liver. Right out of Ezekiel 21.21. Horoscopes. Hydromancy. Divination by viewing images in water. Drop a pebble. And the way the ripples form will tell you about your future. I thank God of heaven for making them so foolish. He's made the wisdom of this world foolishness, Amen. and He's given us, the foolish of this world, such wisdom. Right. Hypnosis of any kind. A trance state. What is hypnosis? A trance state can be caused by music or someone else helping you, or self 
hypnosis, marked by extreme suggestibility, relaxation, and an enhanced imagination. That is not how Christians function. Our faith and our lives, our thought processes, are limited by this word right here. We're not looking for openness. We're looking for closeness to what God has said. Gene Dixon, Jonathan Livingston Seagull, Joseph Smith. Do you know what Joseph Smith's profession was before he became the father of Mormons? He was a peeper. He went around with stones. And whenever you needed help for your life, he could look in his stones and tell you what was going to happen to you. He wasn't very good. And so the girl that he was dating and wanted to marry at that time sued him in court. And so he eloped with her and married the girl anyway. Go Remember, Google box, Joseph Smith Peeper. can read all about it. You know, it's those peeping stones that he wrote the Book of Mormon with. He would put the peeping stones into his hat, pull the hat over his face and tighten it down so there was no light coming whatsoever. There was a person there that could read and write, and that person would write down whatever Joseph Smith said. Now, most modern Mormons don't like that stuff getting out, but there are some people that have left the Mormon church that like to publish it for you. So you can type in Joseph Smith peeper. Not a peeping Tom, a stone peeper. Karma. These are words that when you read them, you want to avoid. Or functions or activities or persons. Lucky charms. Signs of the zodiac. Be careful about birthstones. Who do you think picked birthstones? What kind of birthstones? Did you know that there's a whole lot of different sources for different birthstones for different months? Magic. Mantras. That's a sound, a syllable, a word, or a group of words that are repeated over and over as if they're going to have some power for you. That's a mantra. Martial arts. Aikido, Judo, Karate, Kung Fu, Taekwondo. They're Eastern martial arts that include a measure of religion in them. Openness. Meditation. Meditation. Not the Bible kind, but the self-hypnosis kind for paranormal power or becoming one with the universe, etc., etc. Mental telepathy. Merlin the Magician. Metaphysics. If you see the word, get away. Mind reading. Moonmancy. Superstition based on the phase, size, or other aspect of the moon. Mysticism. Occultic games like Guild Wars. Omens. Pagan rites, voodoo, firewalking, all that stuff. Palmistry. Looking at the palm of your hand and reading your future in the lines on your hand. Well, depends what you were doing yesterday. What your hand looks like today. On and on they go. There's a whole long list here. It's, it's overwhelming. Where it's crept in because people would rather seek to the dead and they would rather seek to devils and they would rather seek to darkness than to light God and the living. Psychic healing, psychic sight, pyramidology. Supposedly that there are mystic powers associated with pyramids or their models. Rebirthing, that is breathing exercises to make you one with the universe and to tap into your inner spiritual powers. Reincarnation, Satanism, seances, self-hypnosis, sorcery, spells, star signs, stickomancy, bibliomancy. I need an answer. I'm a Christian. I need an answer. And Judas went out and hanged himself. 
Go and do thou likewise, and what thou doest, do quickly. Christians will do that. I need an answer. They'll shake the book. Or you can just go to the public library, you know, and get Dick and Jane. So you may be running up a hill with Spot when you get done. But you shake a book open. You say, you're making fun of it all. Amen. Thank you for picking up on it. Like Elijah with the prophets of Baal. Superstitions. Black cats, cracks, ladders, crossing yourself before you go down a flight of stairs. That's a good Catholic superstition. Tea leaf reading. Transcendental meditation. Tooth fairy. Oh, you got a fairy in your house, huh? Are you the fairy? Or is your wife the fairy? But you call it the tooth fairy. Hmm. Where did you get the idea of this little spirit? This white magic spirit that comes and takes your children's teeth and leaves money. Why don't you tell me when they lose a tooth? I'll give them more than you do, and I won't lie to them. In order to save them from you lying to them and introducing them to sorcery. You say it's just a game. So is the Ouija board. It sold at Toys R Us. Trances. Wart removal charms. They are very interesting to read. Witchcraft, wizard, yoga, zodiac, and so forth. Brethren, there's a great war between God and His Son, Jesus Christ, and the devil, and the outcome is certain. As children of God, we should abhor anything to do with the devil, which in this case is witchcraft of any kind, that even appears like it, that even looks like it, that even smells like it. Come out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing, is what the Bible says about unrighteousness, darkness, and belial, and idolatry. We should want to just get away from it all. Rebellion or stubbornness against God's Word, according to the Bible, is as the sin of witchcraft. 1 Samuel chapter 15. Let's not be rebellious. I haven't given you Jonathan Crosby's list. I've given you a list that's a partial list. The The full list will be published just to make you vigilant in a reminding sermon about witchcraft. We, We preach against Halloween... And we don't practice Halloween, but Halloween is only one way that it makes an approach into our lives. May the Lord bless the preaching of His Word for us to honor and glorify Him, for us to love the wisdom that is in His Word, for us to trust Him with our futures, for us to know He's got our future in His hand and He's holding us by our hands, and that He has made foolish the wisdom of this world. They will go to the liver of a dog. They will drop pebbles in a pool. They will look at tarot cards with the palm of a hand. Unbelievable ignorance. And we have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God. And we have His Son, Jesus Christ, and He's mapped out the future for us. No matter when I die, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, that's better than any witch can ever say in any setting about your future. May the Lord be praised.